2021 Olympics had everyone glued to their televisions. There were underdogs that took the gold, fan favorites that proved they still had it, and unexpected twists that no one saw coming. Definitely an exciting time and heartfelt watching these athletes perform at a supreme level. On our show today, we welcome AJ Barber, a former Olympian swimmer. You don't want to miss out on what he shares. Welcome to the podcast. We have with us AJ Barber, who by day, like Superman, is a consultant, but by night, he is an Olympic swimmer in that pool. Don't know how you do it. And (laughs) we have you to the table so we can talk about your career journey. So one of the things that I always find interesting is take us to, to baby Barber. Take us to you were in school. Did you always realize that you wanted to go a sport route? Did you have any idea what you wanted to do? Like what was happening around that time period leading up to high school and then getting ready to come out of high school? Yeah. So uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's a it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, I love being able to share my story, and especially to the younger generation who I enjoy speaking to quite often. So so baby AJ, um, you know, I was kind of always born. I mean, I was born tall. Well, I was born big. I'm six, seven now. I've always been the tallest in the class. It wasn't just like oh, a wow. random growth spurt. Yeah. So I'm, I've always been, you know, Man. tall and, you know, my, my parents were both athletic. My dad was a swimmer. Um, when he was younger, he was on the uh, Jamaican youth national team. And then my mom, she was all state and um, softball, basketball and volleyball. So, you know, I grew up all around sports. You know, I, I played my grandfather would, you know, have me in the backyard of his house playing t-ball, you know, throwing the football around as soon as I could walk. So I was pretty much just grown up always in the sports. Yes, as for as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, that was kind of my goal. I never in a million years did I think it would be swimming when I first started. I, I preferred baseball, I preferred basketball, even football. So I played those three growing up pretty much all year round, mostly baseball at the beginning of my beginning of, you know, my, my life, you know, from when I was seven till when I was 14, I played baseball pretty much year round. And then I found a love for basketball and played basketball year round from when I was 14 until I was 18. But then I started swimming after the 2008 Olympics. So I was, that was my sophomore year of high school. And I did, I enjoyed the race, but I didn't really enjoy the comp or the practice. I, I hated swim practice. <laughs> To be fair, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to go pro in basketball, but as I got older, um, I realized I had a, or like about my junior, senior year of high school, I realized that I had a lot of potential in swimming a lot. Like I was dropping time, like no one's business. And, you know, I was still so new to the sport and there's so much I had to figure out. So I was like, Hey, I could be pretty good at this. And I realized at basketball, I probably wasn't going to make it into the NBA. I didn't quite put in the effort that I needed to get there. And I just especially someone my size I just played big man my whole life and I couldn't really dribble that well and at the next level there's guys my size that are guards so I just there really was not much of a future as what I want I mean I could have played in college I had offers to play in college for basketball uh, but I I wanted more than that you know I wanted to to go pro that was my you know my goal since I was a kid and so I I went the route with swimming I know I'm kind of going into probably another mm-hmm. question but no, um, no, it's fine. Right. This, yeah. this is good to know. Yeah. Well, tell yeah. us about that because it's interesting. Um, 
I, I understand what you're saying coming from a family of superheroes, a.k.a. sports and, and Vikings, because I, too, do. Only my family, they were heavily into track and field. Okay. So, but one thing that I noticed is as a kid, because a lot of times kids will get into the AAU track and they'll start running summer track and they'll start very young and they'll build up and do summer leagues and everything. But by the time they get to high school, especially those of them that have been doing it from a really early age, they get burned out and they're no longer interested in it. And it's hard for them to keep that competitive level to then want to take it to the next level. So how did you manage to do that? And then especially playing multiple sports, how did you keep that desire to want to always go to the next level with it? Yeah, so I, that's that's funny that you say that because that's what happened with baseball. Because um, I, I started, I mean, I played baseball. I mean, uh, you know, a t-ball when you're five, four or five years old. I played that, and then till I was on a city league team at eight, and then played year round till I was fourteen. And that's what happened with me. I got burnt out. I just didn't have the passion for it anymore. And what's crazy is baseball was probably the sport I was best at, but I just didn't. I, I kind of just got burnt out. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Which, which is fine because then you know, that open doors for, for new opportunities and I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So uh, I'm blessed for that path. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It, it, people definitely burn out. And I think, I think doing other sports kind of prevents that. Mm. Um, that way you're not just focused. I know this day and age, it's a lot different from when I was growing up. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you know, especially with social media, you know, athletes are kind of put onto this platform at such a young age. Um, that I think kind of distracts them from, they feel like they have to be the sport the whole, but I think yeah. going at multiple sports and, and maybe focusing on, on one or two in high school is better rather than playing four, you know, three or four. And even maybe in junior, senior year, maybe, maybe you want to focus one that you really want to do. Cause in order to get to the level that you want, you got to spend a lot of time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you develop a passion and you can really only get to that, this level if you develop a passion for the sport. Uh, you can't, you got to be able to work on it when you don't want to. And that's what passion is when, when, when you, when you're able to, to sit there and put in those extra reps when you don't feel like it. I mean, there's for swimming, I had to, there's the countless amount of hours I had to put, put in before the sun was even up, you know, when most people are still in bed, like that's for me, that's when you're able to grow. And that's when you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm serious about this. And that's when, you know, you're like, all right, I'm ready. I can do this at the next level is when you're more serious about doing things that others aren't willing to do. So now with that seriousness and with that focus, we -hmm. come to the high school you. Yes. And every athlete has an opportunity when they're competing at that right level in high school where they can transition into college and look for scholarships and try to get to the number one division school. Some cases with certain sports, they actually have the ability that they could go semi-pro or some other sort of level of professional and just circumvent college. So mm-hmm. what was like, what was that whole opportunity like for you once you realized, okay, over basketball, I'm really excelling with swimming. And now I'm approaching the point where I've got to think about this. It was towards the end of the basketball, my senior year, towards the end of my the basketball season where I realized, hey, I think you know, swimming is what I want to do moving forward. And so in Florida, the swim season is um, like right when school starts. So it's um, August through November is when states is. And then basketball starts up end of October and it goes through February or March. So I was a little late to the recruiting. I mean, I've been, I've been kind of talking to some coaches, um, you know, through my senior season. But for the most part, 
I didn't really have a lot of scholarship for swimming. Um, it wasn't until, you know, about uh, March, uh, end of March, beginning of April, when I kind of took it more seriously as far as, you know, trying to actively be recruited uh, for swimming. And uh, it actually turned out, I mean, my, my high school coach, uh, his father was really, you know, really well plugged in. He kind of helped me get a couple visits and things for, for uh, a couple D1 schools. And then he is funny enough. He came to me, he called me, he says, Hey, AJ, I have, you know, one more, one more school for it. I was like, Oh, great. You know, what is it? And he says, I, I can't tell you right yet. I was like, Oh no. I was like, what? I was like, what does that mean? Like why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. I was like, okay. So he called me the next day. Uh, and was like, hey, yeah, the, the the school I was referring to yesterday was like, he says it's a small school. It, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's the, it's called Oklahoma Baptist University. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, where's that? Like, what is that? I was like, I've never heard of that before. I was like, I was like, is it D one, D two? He goes, because it's NAIA and it's in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And I was like, I was like, where is Shawnee, Oklahoma? Uh, oh, no. I mean, coming from South Florida. Yeah, Johnny, I'm like, it, I was like, uh, all right. He goes, but here's the thing. I'm the coach. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of the best coaches in the world. And I was like, all right. I was like, tell me more. So he, we mm-hmm. flew out there and he kind of showed me around and the kid, the school hadn't had a program. It didn't have a swimming program. <laughs> I, I, I was the first recruit on campus. He I'm waited me. to fly you there to <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> That's right. But he told me he told me a little bit more prior oh, on that phone call, but because uh, obviously I had to be like, you know, where is <laughs> where is this? Like, what's the deal? Is there a team? Is that, I mean, to, in order to get a South Florida boy to go to the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma, you need to tell me something. <laughs> so, so I got there and they barely had a pool. They didn't have swimming blocks. They didn't have lane lines. There was no team. Again, a small school in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was it was in April, so it was forty degrees and it was raining and everything was brown. I showed up in shorts and a t-shirt. I was like, what am I doing here? And I, I had just come off a trip to another school where he helped me get a visit. And I got a, I didn't get a, uh, I didn't get a scholarship, but they were going to be willing to give me money, a, a very minuscule amount compared to what the tuition was, but it was still funny at, at a D1 school, at a good D1 school. So I was definitely leaning towards there. And, you know, they had a team, they had a great pool. You know, I really gelled with the guys. And, you know, in my mind, I was going there. Yeah. So I came here like, like, this is a joke. But, you know, as things played out, I, I ended up getting 80% of my school paid for. I got a, scholar, a really good scholarship to attend there that he gave me. And I got academic scholarship as well. Um, so I got almost all of my school paid for at Oklahoma Baptist University. And so it literally wasn't until like one of my last days to make a decision that I decided and I didn't tell anybody. I just told the coach and my parents overheard the conversation. I didn't tell my parents before I told the coach. I told they overheard me. And I was like, well, yeah. Secretly hoping that <laughs> right. something yeah. else would kind of, you know, just real. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm a person of faith and I believe God works mm-hmm. in mysterious ways. And and I, I believe he really opened doors for me at this school because what happened at that school led me into what happened after I graduated. And for me, it wasn't especially to a lot of kids now because they want to go to a D1 school. You know, that's like the big thing. Oh, I want to, I mean, which is great. I mean, that's awesome. But go where a coach cares about you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter the, the name on the front. doesn't matter where you go to university. If the coach cares about you and it's a great coach, you're going to get better. 
Like yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be willing to get you to the next level, which this coach just definitely was. My, I mean, the coach that where I went to, I mean, he he cared about us. He was more. He was like a father figure to a lot of these, to a lot of these, because we had a lot of international people. So we didn't have, and a lot of their families away. So he was like, you know, their parent in their life for a while. Um, cause they didn't really go home that much. So, it, you know, they just, we all just eat, breathe and slept swimming. And, and I think that speaks a lot about a coach. They're willing to care more about your life, um, outside of your sports rather than, you know, in the sport and which if they care about your life outside of the sport, they're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to get you where you want to go. And that, that's a huge factor that, that I, that I look at. And that's what I tell a lot of these kids. It's, it's not about where you go. It's about who you're playing for. At PGD, you're not just a listener in your family. Is there a career you'd like us to explore or a success story you love to share and have us highlight on one of our episodes? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at pgdfam at gmail.com. Subscribe to our show so you can get notified when new episodes drop. Help increase our reach with a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. You know what? I love that. And if you could kind of even paint a little bit more of a picture so that like kids can understand what it's like when you're in college and competitive as an athlete. Cause I don't think they realize like when spring break comes and when certain breaks come, depending on your sport and depending on the season, you can't go. You have right. to stay there. You're still training or yeah. when holidays and just come. just the regiment that comes with it too, mm-hmm. right? So it's like yeah. certain things you're just not going to be able to do um, because right. you have to stay in, in top form. So can you, can you share with us? Swimming is a unique sport because they say, and it's probably with any sport, but I feel like swimming, you, you get out of shape a lot quicker than you do in other sports. So they say mm-hmm. for every day you miss, it takes two to make up. Like for, for five years, I didn't take longer than a week off. Wow. Like at a time. Right. And like, there was, there was yeah. a point where, I mean, there was a point where I, I was training, you know, maybe not every day, but you know, five, you were in the water. Five, six, yeah. Five, six days a week yeah. for three years with hardly, with hardly more than a break, you know? And it's just that, that type of mentality and that type of training that you have to get into. I wasn't used to that. Like when I first got to college, I, I mean, cause in high school, I only swam like during season. I barely swam outside of our season. So I was, I was so used to swimming three, four months and then taking a really long break and, you know, maybe get back into it during the summer to get ready for the upcoming season. So when I got to college and I had to train seven months in a row, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And then I got to juggle school on top of that because yeah. I'm practicing twice a day Yeah. for five days a week. And then I have a four hour practice on a Saturday and I get Sundays off. Like that was it, but I have to go to school. So it was, we practice before school Then I go to school and yeah. somehow got to find time to, to eat and then have a practice in the afternoon. Yeah. And then maybe have a social life. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then hit go to the, do my studies. I have to I have the first couple of years. I, um, as a, at where I was at as a freshman and sophomore, you had to hit a certain number. Athletes had to hit a certain number of hours in study hall. So I had to go to study hall after dinner, do my homework, go to bed at 1030 because I got to wake up at five the next day to go to practice. Then that was daily. Every day I had to do that. 
And so it, it really comes back. It really comes down to how bad do you want it? Yeah. I mean, if you want to be good, you got to, you got to stick with this. And then you got to juggle all these other things that you got going on in life. Like, you know, with girls and school and, mm-hmm. you know, relationships and friendships and, and class and then your teachers and your grades and, you know, having to worry about keeping, staying in contact with your family at home. It's like, oh, there's so many things that are being thrown at you at 18, at 18 years old. You're like, what am I, like, <laughs> what's happening? And, you know, you have people in your life, you know, there's people at the school, there's, you know, your coaches and then your teammates that, that you know, your coaches and, and there's, um, you know, faculty at the school that are, you know, trying to help you out. You know, they're willing to help work with you and, um, which I was grateful for. And then you got your teammates that, you know, going through the same thing. So there's, you know, you're able to get advice and things like that. But yeah, to it, it's crazy to to realize how much we have to go through day in and day out. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, it, it, it's worth it, in my opinion. I mean, I loved it. it, it so now, was there was there a moment in this particular time in your life where you just wanted to give up? Oh. And, and why didn't you? What was that like? There's countless moments <laughs> where I wanted to give up. Uh, the first one was actually my freshman year. It's kind of funny, like right, it's like right during Christmas break. You know, like we didn't like you were saying, like I didn't get a Christmas break. I I trained all through Christmas. For us, our our national championship was right before spring break, so I got a spring break. Thankfully, mm-hmm. but I didn't get a Thanksgiving break. I didn't get a Christmas break. I mean, I was only home basically for summer. Um, I I didn't get to go home for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so my first year. Thankfully, we, we came down to South Florida because um, so I, I got to I mean, I got to be home for Christmas, but a lot of these guys didn't. So we, we had like a training camp in um, in South Florida and I just got so burnt out because like I should like in my mind, I'm like, I should be playing basketball because <laughs> this is like basketball season in high school. and I'm not used to continuing to swim. Like, this is draining. Um, and so the coach had to pull me aside and he, he, he let me well, he told me, he says, he says, you just got to find your, what's your purpose? Like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you here? And why are you swimming? So he, 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 I don't want to say forced me, but he, he told me to read uh, a purpose driven life. And so when the rest of the team went back, um, after the end of our two week training camp. Great book, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great book. I, I agree. So when he told me to, to, or when the rest of the team went back to Oklahoma, he told me to stay for another week. And he said, just don't worry about training. He said, just get your mind right. And that's what I'm saying about a coach that cares about you. It cares about where you want to be. Like what coach is going to tell you to stay home and like get your mental health correct before you even come back and join the rest of the team. I don't know. It was only like a few extra, a couple extra days, but that like really helped me for the rest of the season. Cause I I understood like, if I'm going to do this, we got to go. Like this has to be that I take seriously. So, so yeah, that, that was the first time. (laughs) Uh, And then the second time was, those are probably the, the two big ones were, and then my senior year. Um, so my senior year came kind of oddly enough, the same, the same moment, Christmas training a little, a little bit later we, in, in January, we, we had at OB, we had a six week Christmas break. So, uh, we had like a January term where we weren't required to take a class if you weren't a freshman. So for, which is great for us. Cause that's like the most intense part of our training, because after that, then we start resting for our national meet. So December through January is so crucial for us. So just to be able to focus on swimming was awesome. Um, but at that point, I got so burnt out. Like I didn't, I didn't have passion in life. I didn't have a passion for swimming. I was basically just going through the motions. I didn't have anything. Like I, I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in school. I thought about dropping out of college like one semester before I was graduating, and I just didn't. I didn't want to do it. Uh, I, I was tired of it. 
And but I still would show up. I wouldn't just quit. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that just gives up that easy. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just would do. I wouldn't give it my all, which is the almost the same thing as quitting. Mm-hmm. So again, my coach, he called. He he pulled me aside during practice one day, and I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. He said, "I, I want." You, he's like, "I want you to go home." Not. I mean, not all the way home to Florida. He was just like, you know. He said, you know. He says you're done for the day. He says just just get out. And I was like, what do you mean? He says. He says, you're just not in it. Your heart's not in it. I, and I could tell it. And I was like, he says, I've noticed it for the past couple of weeks, but I just, I was hoping you'd fix it on your own, but you're not. He says, I, he says, I just need you to go home. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, we got nationals in six weeks. Like what? Like I'm, I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? He says, no, nah, go home and I'll let you know when you can come back. And like, I, I'm, I'm a senior, like I'm a captain of the team. He kicks me out during practice. Like that's not a good look. So I, I, I was like, fine, whatever. I threw a temper tantrum. Not really temper, but I was like, you know, give him attitude and just, I walked home, you know, everyone else is still practicing. They're watching me leave the pool. And yeah, and it took me and I had to really like check myself. Like, again, like, why am I doing this? Like, where, where, where am I getting purpose? And, you know, I, I, I prayed a lot. Um, I started reading a couple books, kind of just get my, I had to get my mentality back on, back in track. And then, so like, I, I just had like, I had like, an, I talked to my dad you know, that night and kind of just hash things out or like not hash things out, but I kind of just discuss things with them. The next day I felt so much better. Like, like I felt something again, you know, I wasn't just dead inside. And uh, so I, I went to, to practice a coach. I, I feel great. Like, thank you. I, I really needed that. He says, he tells me, he's like, you're not ready. I was like, what do you mean? I feel a lot better. I promise. He goes, no, you're not. I was like, so I, whatever, gave him attitude again. It was just like stormed out of his office, went back home and I don't know, probably just played video games and, and again, could I continue to read like the two books I was reading in my Bible and continued praying, just kind of asking God, like, what, what's up? Like, what do you, what do you want? And then I just had an epiphany, just like, just live each day, live each day, live in the moment. Like, don't worry, don't get caught up about what the past is, what the future is. Uh, just live each day in the moment. And, you know, just really, and as far as like my swimming mentality, it's just treat each practice as if it was a championship practice. Like you're preparing for the, biggest race of your life because yeah. like I, I love to race right so mm-hmm. i'm when i when it came to that moment i was like always ready to go yeah. so if i could treat every practice like that like how good can you get and so i then i went and you know, had a conversation conversation with my coach and he says all right like you could go like you could practice with us today the next day um so i i missed two two full days and so that third day he let me come back um and after practice i went into his office and i was like listen like I really appreciate what you did a couple of days ago. Like, like it's, it's not easy to tell somebody to do that. And that's why I'm saying again, like a coach that cares about you matters so much because that moment, like kicking me out of practice saved my life and turned my life around. Mm-hmm. So, and from that day on, like I never lost passion for swimming that day, literally that day forward. I mean, that kind of carried my career into, so I could have a professional career yeah, I, I like refound my love for swimming. Like I found my love for practice. Like I had a love for racing and swimming, but I found my love for practice. And that's when, you know, you can be unstoppable is when you love to practice and get better. Like there's no stopping you. I, I know that. I spoke a lot, but <laughs> no, but I love that. That I think that truly sums it up because that's a, I feel like the longest that you're in any sport, the more instances periodically you're going to run into that. And it's going to be a true crossroads as to whether or not am I going to give in to what I'm feeling in the moment and walk away from this and potentially regret it later? Or am I going to stay with it? But 
to have people in your camp that are there to help you and not just leave you to your own devices. Like, well, you figure yeah. it out and let me know or have ulterior motives. I, I agree with you 100 percent. Like to have a yeah. coach that's really has your best interest as a person, not just the athlete. It's mm. very important. Yeah, and Rachel and I talk about that all the time, just having the benefit of having like a really good mentor, someone who just wants to speak into your path, right? Mm-hmm. And just the difference that it makes in those who come out just differently because they're kind of preparing the road for you. Like, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Here it is. Keep going. And you don't realize how much you need that push until you have a dark moment. Yeah. And you're struggling and you're like, man, thank you for that, you know, mm-hmm. to help with that decision. Yeah. So then now, so, so you're in college, you refound, just ignited this passion back inside of you again. Mm-hmm. So how did you know, like, Olympic, like, this is what I want to <laughs> tackle next? Because you could have yeah. just been done and been like, okay, I hit my pinnacle. This is great. I'm good. Let me mm-hmm. stop here, right? Yeah. Why, why that? Yeah. So that's actually why I started swimming. Like, I, I aim for the top. <laughs> I set big goals. I set high standards for myself. And, and I don't, I hate settling for less that's why i'm able to wake up at 5 a.m every day to be able to track practice i I don't do that quite as much anymore (laughs) i'm kind of basically post-swimming so i'm basically retired at this point but yeah back back when i was doing it yeah so that's that's why i started so when i started i was like i want to i want to get to the olympics and so i kind of set out for that um i didn't realize how hard it would be at the time obviously i knew it'd be tough because it's like the like the highest you know, it's like the sports pinnacle yeah. for a lot of, yeah. for a lot of sports. It really um, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, you know, my coach was like, you know, you should consider swimming for one of your nationalities, like Lebanon or, or, or Jamaica. And I was like, you know, I never thought of that. And this was the end of 2012. Uh, so the end of my sophomore or I guess halfway point in my sophomore year. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I had a couple of friends in the Jamaica national team. So I, I, I talked to them. I was like, hey, what's it like? Like, is there much funding? Like, how does it work with, you know, being on the national team and stuff? And they're they're like, dude, there's there's not a lot. They they're like, they just care about the track, and we get the leftovers. And I was like, fair enough. So yeah, so I reached out to Lebanon. I mean, I'm I'm. It would be a little easier to be on the Lebanese national team because I mean, my dad's 100% Lebanese, um, but he was born in Jamaica, so he has you know, he has a Jamaican passport and he has a nationality. So I, I could have done it, but. You know, just and, and plus, like my heritage is more Lebanese than it is Jamaican. But I thought it would be awesome to represent them, so I reached out to the federation and was like, "Hey, like this is you know, I'm kind of explaining who I am, like my times, what I swim." Um, and at the time, like I like my times were already faster than like two national records, so I was like, "Oh, I can wow. do this for sure." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sign me up for that." Um, so I, I reached out, and yeah, so they they reached back. Yeah, they would love to. Um, be able to help me out and so we started going through all like the paperwork and the process to get me excited to become a citizen in Lebanon so I was like a year of paperwork a year-long process finally became a citizen uh, ended up getting like my identification card because I I, I had to my parents marriage had to be registered over there and then me and my brothers uh, are we had to have birth certificates so it just took it just took a long a long time to get everything kind of registered and in the book and on the books and stuff so yeah finally in 2014 the beginning of 2014 i got my citizenship so i was able to compete for them and in my very first meet i saw that i swam under lebanon it was a meet that we did in uh, mexico like with my college team uh, because we were nai we were allowed to travel a little more 
And because we didn't have, we weren't under the rules of NCAA. So we were able to do a little more, uh, be a little more creative with our, our meets. So actually probably one of the first meets we, we did in 2012, this was probably what sparked it a lot. We did a meet over, over our Christmas break or over our Thanksgiving break in uh, Canada, uh, in Toronto. And, you know, four, four guys from college, uh, me and, you know, three of my teammates, we beat uh, a lot of the guys in the can- Canadian Olympic team. We beat them in a relay. Um, and that was like, so, and at the time we had the number one time in the world for two, well, not like a, not like a world record, but just like for all of 2012, we had yeah. the number one, we had oh, the number wow. one time. It was broken the next day, but still, I mean, for yeah, 24, doesn't hours, matter. Doesn't for 24 matter. hours, I was the fastest <laughs> in the world. So. You're like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like, that was like the first time, like that was my first meet at like a big international stage like that and going up against like that caliber uh, people. And I was like, oh, like, I could do this. Um, and so that kind of like started it for sure. And then, and then, yeah, then once I got my dual sit, my citizenship for Lebanon and competed in a meet in Mexico, yeah, that first meet, I broke two national records, the two that uh, basically I already knew I, I could do and then, but it was official now and it was faster than my fastest time. So I, it was also a personal best for me. Yeah. So that, and that was kind of like, oh man, like I could do this, like, this is for real. And then, so I kind of just fueled the fire and then I graduated in 2015 uh, from college and had a great college career you know we were able to compete the summer before my senior year we did a we did a two-week circuit in Europe got to travel all around Europe over three locations in Europe Um, we did it with a couple of like our fast uh, fast people from college and that's when we really competed against you know the world the world-class athletes that was the first time I ever saw that you know Olympic champions world record holders, like you name it, like these guys are there and we're racing. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not different than these guys. Like I could do this. Like, this is not something that's far off from where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of helped fuel the fire as far as like the long-term goal. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated, you know, I had a great college career. We, mm-hmm. uh, we had a great, you know, we never really never lost a dual meet in NAI. We were four-time national champions. I won freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year. I was 13 time all American, like just had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of things kind of fueling that. And after I graduated, you know, I, when I, and then I really turned pro and got to be able to travel, you know, all around the world and swimming and, and especially one year out from the Olympics, like graduating 2015, summer 2015 or spring of 2015. And then, you know, Olympics was a year away. So I was like, I got one year to do this. Like I'm going to give it everything I have and, you know, whatever happens, happens. The rest is in God's hand. And, you know, <laughs> thank God, yeah, you know, yeah. because I was, I was able to do it. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was a dream come true. So in good hands to be in. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amazing story. In between shows, keep the conversations alive with the youth in your households with our series, The Adventures of Sophia and Olivia, available on Amazon and pgd-innovation.com. The link is in our show notes. Don't forget to check out our merchandise and we have some limited time only gear that is only available during season three. You don't want to miss out. At what point as an athlete, because I feel like it's probably different for every person, different for every sport, but at some point in time, you say to yourself, Okay, I'm ready to transition into something else. Some people transition into coaching and they still are active somehow in the sport, whether becoming a trainer or a coach or something of that level. And then sometimes people 
branch off completely different. They become an entrepreneur or something different. What was that like for you? And how did you make that decision? So after I graduated, I really didn't have a job and swimming, unfortunately, doesn't pay like other professional sports, like unless you're, you know, basically, and even then it's, it's tough unless you're one, like one of the top few in the world, you're not really getting a lot of money unless it's like a big sponsorship deal. Then, which, I mean, there really wasn't a lot coming from Lebanon and, you know, I got like a monthly stipend, which helped, but you know, I wasn't able to survive off of that. Mm. So I coached a lot. Um, I coached, I, so I trained when I trained after I graduated college, I went back to my high school coach. So the son of, you know, my, my college coach, uh, we have a great relationship. I mean, I, he was always more of a friend rather than a coach. So we had a great relationship. It was great to, you know, he was always, you know, able to push me a little bit harder and, you know, really get me to that next level. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, so, I, you know, I would help him out on the pool deck when I, when I, you know, wasn't training and I was coaching, you know, younger kids. I was, I helped coach the uh, high school team. And then I give like a lot of swim lessons. Uh, so I, I, I did that, you know, for you know, five years, you know, up until COVID and kind of just being able to give back, especially to the, to the to younger generation and be able to tell them my passion from swimming. Because swimming, you know, isn't the most popular sport. People are like only weirdos do swimming and stuff like that. So just realize that, you know, swimming is, it's fun. It can be a lot of fun. You just got to have the right attitude about it. Um, so it's cool to see a lot of these high school kids kind of, it, it clicks and, and they start to understand like, like it's a lot of them, you know, they, they like to race, but you know, when you see that, when you see that click in practice, you're like, now you get it. Right. <laughs> like, this is what I like. It took me until my senior year of college to realize it, you know, like you're doing it now, like good for you. <laughs> so, but yeah. And, and I guess as I kind of transitioned out of swimming, it, I guess COVID kind of helped. Uh, most people don't have that kind of just easy forceful way out of there mm-hmm. like that but I was kind of thinking kind of prior to COVID anyway it's like because I, I was coming up on six years pro at the time well I know I guess five because this was two, 2020 so five years pro mm-hmm. uh so it was the end of 2019 and I you know I was training for Tokyo and you know I was kind of I kind of just lost that passion for for practice I mean I still love to race and, mm-hmm. and just the everyday grind I just didn't have it I couldn't I didn't want to wake up <laughs> at 5 30 and jump in a cold pool anymore I, and i just got to a point where i was like you know like whatever i have to, this meet in november whatever happens happens mm-hmm. um you know i still gave it everything i have while i was in the pool but you know it was it was a lot harder <laughs> it was a lot harder so during that meet in november of 2019 the, <laughs> the meet did not go as planned did not sound that great uh but i was i was okay with it because i knew the peace that i got from that feeling of being of I guess being done or just realizing this, that this is my last, probably my last chance, my last like pro meet like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, it felt like, it felt right. It felt like a good time to leave. And, th- and that's a piece that only God can give. And that's why I knew it was the right decision. And so, but then I was kind of figuring out like, all right, well, what do I do next? And my dad's kind of been helping me prepare for that. He's always, he, he's definitely thinking long-term. So he was asking me questions and I had so many things going through my mind. Like there's so many things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, because I, I studied finance in college, and I was like, I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> so long ago, like, I, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Like, I'm still fascinated by it. But I don't know if I want to make my career out of it. Yeah. Because, um, like, I just realized my passion. Like, I love to help people. So I was like, well, maybe I become a fireman, like para- paramedic. There's, you know, so many yeah. ways you can give back to the community yeah. that way. Um, so I kind of went, kind of started, started to pursue that route. 
and then realized that there was like another two and a half years of school and then maybe I can get a job after that. And mm. I was like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. So, I mean, during that limbo, um, everyone was like, because especially when like, I, I came out that I was like pretty much done, everyone was like, what are you doing? Like at this time, there was no COVID. So like, you know, Tokyo, like 2020 is like seven months away. Like why stop now? Like just try for seven more months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm out of it. Like, uh, yeah. it, like once I, once you're, once you've checked out, it's tough mm-hmm. to check back in. Um, so I took, you know, the rest of November off and all of December. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not doing anything else. Like, let me try. I'm not going to, I'm going to do, but I'm doing it my way. I'm not doing it, you know, where I'm working out 20, 30 hours a week. You know, I, I'm not practicing twice a day, every day. Like I'm, I'm practicing once. And if that, you know, I, I'm still, I still love being in the weight room. So I'm going to be in the weight room mm-hmm. every day, but I'm not going to swim every day. <laughs> I, I'm not swimming twice a day, every day. I'm swimming once and that's it. And we're not doing long. Like I'm going to do what I want. Like me and my my coach, I'm not like coach, this is what I'm doing, but like we had a discussion, like the best plan as far as like, just to kind of make it more fun, you know, Yeah. Uh, at at the time you know, I was 27. So most swimmers don't make it. I mean, a lot of swimmers are done at 22. So at at 27, you're, you're old (laughs) in swimming. You're old. So you're just like, all right, like, how can I make this enjoyable for me? And so I did that up until March. And then I had one last meet in March, literally the week before COVID kind of shut the whole world down until we went in the lockdown. Um, I was like, all right, you know, we'll see what happens here. Uh, you know, if I swim, if I swim fast, like, all right, I'll, I'll give Tokyo a shot, but I did not swim fast. The method did not work for me at the time. Um, and I was like, all right, now I know I'm done for sure. Like, that's okay. And I, I just had fun with it. You know, I didn't really care. I wasn't upset. I wasn't like, I was like, all right, well, this is what God wants. And so that kind of helped mentally get me ready for what was next. And well, I didn't really know what was going to be next. So, and then what happened in 2020 was just like, what the heck? Yeah. I think we're still like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Who knows what's going on right now? We're still kind of lost, but at least I'm happy things are getting back to normal. But, but yeah, so it's kind of funny how, how I got my, the job where I'm at right now. I interviewed at a company right out of college, like literally three days after I got home from, from graduation. You know, they, they had reached out to me while I was still in school. I mean, it's a lot of alumni from my high school kind of are at this company. And they're like, hey, like, you know, we'd love to get you in for an interview. So I went and interviewed. It was, it, was, it was really good. But they were like, at the time, like, I was so focused on swimming, like, Olympics in a year. Like, I didn't have time for a full-time job. So they were like, yeah, you know, we like we, we like you. Like, we'd love to have you. But, you know, if swimming is your, your focus right now, like, we don't want to take away from that. And, you know, we don't want swimming to take away from your job here. So. You know, give us a call after the Olympics if you, you know, want to do something. You know, after the Olympics, you know, I still pursued swimming, so I didn't really look for a full time job like that. So, but it turns out, and, and then the end of, so at the summer of 2020, you know, my cousin reached out to me. He says, "Hey, you know, these two, like these two friends of mine, are starting. Had just started their business. They re- remember you from. The, so they 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 were in the one of them interviewed me in 2015, and the other oh. one worked at that company. So they went and started their own thing, basically doing the same thing." As recruiters, yeah. this time uh, on the legal side, rather than, uh, before they were in healthcare. So now we're doing uh, legal recruiting. So the, they they call me like, yeah, you know, the my boss uh, Kenny, he he did the interview back in 2015. He says, yeah, I still remember a lot from that interview, and you know, I think you would be a great great addition to to our team. Like they just started uh, June 1st um, of you know this year will be one year that they started the company uh, yeah. that been a company. So. So yeah, I, I went through an interview process with them in September. 
um, had a, a couple com- couple phone calls and then um, I kind of saw the office in October or end of September, October. And then um, it, it's not much uh, as for, or it wasn't much at the time for a startup. So it was just, just one small room with, you know, uh, you know, three guys. And so it, it worked out um, like, like, I mean, God took care of me from, from an interview in 2015. I got a job. Uh, well, I, I started in January, uh, 2021, but so it's crazy. Six, you know, five and a half years later, almost yeah. six years, uh, I got a job from something that happened six years ago. So that's, that's why I knew it was the right thing for me. And it, what's even crazier is something I never thought I'd want to do. So, yeah. Um, I mean, your degree is not even in it. So it's yeah. just like, just wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. And my, my dad always asked me, he said, well, when I was like, you know, getting ready for, you know, life after swimming, he says, you know, do you have any idea what you want to do? And I was like, I know what I don't want to do. I don't want to work inside all day and I don't want to make phone calls. And you know what's funny? I work at a desk and sit inside all day and I make phone calls all day. But you know what? I love it. I love it. And and it's it's the best. And I, I love the guys I'm working for. You know, um, it's uh, Legacy Staffing Associates. Might as well shout them out. Yeah, we do legal recruiting. I started in January. I was the second hire, so I was the fourth person part of the team. Um, and we hired, we've hired one more since then, so there's five of us now. And the guys I work for are great. My bosses are are, are awesome to work for. I mean, we're, we're a bunch of young young guys, uh, so it, and it's just a really good atmosphere. And you know, like I said, it's the people that if they care about you, they're gonna even in life. I mean, it's it's not just a sports thing; it's a life thing. You know, definitely, and you know, they care about us. You know, it's not it's not just about um, and we do things the right way. It's not just about making money. It's about you know building careers. And, and making sure that, you know, the atmosphere and you're, we're doing it the right way. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great place to work for, um, great, great guys to work with. And, uh, you know, just really happy to be a part of them. And, yeah, that's pretty much where yeah. I'm at right now. <laughs> and it's great to hear that, like, hear your transition from like, getting out of high school, going into college, being a professor at Applebee, finding work after, you know. Mm-hmm. This is just a great story to tell. So what would you tell someone to be like, a pro to being to pursuing mm-hmm. any type of professional sport and what would be a cost for you for for me I, I know a pro for me was I got I got to travel a lot and I didn't really have to pay for much so <laughs> which is great I mean I've I've been to over 17 countries um wow. and the relationships that come with that are amazing I have friends all over the world that I still keep in touch with from some from college some from you know my professional career. I mean, I, I have a buddy that he's on the Indian national team. Um, he, he spends a lot of time in Thailand. You know, he's always invited me out there. I was actually supposed to do a training trip in Thailand, but then COVID, COVID hit. I was going to spend a month, month to six weeks out in Thailand. He says, "Don't worry, so just pay for the flight. We'll take care of everything else." Oh, nice. Um, so, so just the relationships that you have, and you know, you've always got a place to stay. You know, pretty much anywhere in the world. So. That, that's that's also a huge blessing, and just visiting this and seeing the other um, the other cultures. That to me, that's one of life's greatest pleasures. Uh, so that's that's a huge pro for me. Uh, <laughs> that's a big uh, one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the con is everything that you have to sacrifice. I've missed weddings. I've missed a lot of family events yeah. um, because I, I I had to be at a swim meet. I've missed cousins' weddings. I've missed. Unfortunately, I've missed a couple funerals. Kind of a sad thing, but you know you want to be there for you know, your family and friends that are, that are kind of hurting in those moments. 
But yeah, I've missed family vacations. I've missed a a lot just because I I couldn't, I can't take time off. Um, I have to be so focused on what I'm doing and the goals that I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. that, you know, you really don't have time for that other stuff. So that was, that's a big con. I mean, I'm grateful for everything that, you know, I, I've done it through swimming. I've been able to do, but you know, it, it does kind of suck to to miss that extra family time that you get, um, especially when you don't see cousins that often. And you know, you know, when they go get married, everyone's together, and you miss out on that opportunity. You know, you feel bad, but you know, it's it's part of it. It's part of life. And but yeah, that's probably the biggest con is just all the sacrifices that you have to make um, as far as relationships uh, relationships go. That there, you know, really wasn't. There wasn't much life outside of swimming. So it's like a whole new transition for you. It, it yeah. And crazy to think because you're still so young, right? But it's like you yeah. had this whole career retired from it. And then now you're in retirement, but starting a whole nother brand new career all mm-hmm. before the age of 30. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a big, yeah. It's such a big, like I went through this whole thing. Like I, I've experienced so much. <laughs> I feel like in my short time and, and swimming kind of really taught me a lot. Um, and which has really helped, um, that's it, going to help me in life for, for years, many years. Um, and then that's why I, I, I enjoy giving back. Like, uh, I used to be, um, I led a Bible study for a while, you know, and just getting for, for a college and young adults and just being able to give back to them because I'm like, listen, I've got, I went through a lot in that time period, in that time period. And I learned a lot about myself. And I want to help you figure that out the easy way before you figure it out the hard way like I did. Um, and so it was it was just it was just a great opportunity. And you know, I, I love being able to get back and speak to others because, you know, as well, I'm still young. I'm, I mean, I'm only 28 now. And, um, but I feel like I've lived many, many years <laughs> beyond that. So um, and the experience I've gone through and I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to, to have done what I've done and, yeah, I'm, that's why I just enjoy giving back because I feel like that's why I've been through those things. Is like God is, you know, giving me the platform to be like, all right, now what did you learn, and how can you, uh, how can you teach people, and kind of just let them, yeah, just understand kind of how what you what you went through, and you know, kind of help them not, kind of help them during those situations, you know. So yeah, because you know, at some point we all go through the same things in, in different ways. That's true. Yeah. So can you share with our listeners the way that they can reach out to them or if they want to know more about you in general? Yeah, definitely. So I think the easiest way right now is social media. I'm on, I, I guess, TikTok is a, is a big platform now. I've kind yeah. of grown, grown a lot on that. Um, I just post a lot of, um, that's probably the easiest, one of the easiest ways that are Instagram. Um, I'm just, I post a lot of videos on there just kind of, as well as just like motivational stuff, but like Bible verses and, and scripture and stuff that I've kind of just learned, um, kind of stuff I'm going through and yeah. working on it myself and, you know, stuff that I've kind of, you know, been at kind of just like a aha moment <laughs> as I'm doing my own uh, personal time. So TikTok and Instagram, my handle's the same. It's just AJ Barber <clears throat> at AJ Barber, AJ B-A-R-B-A-R. So yeah, I post pretty much, I try and post more, on TikTok, as far as like, you know, that kind of videos go as far as just uh, uh, kind of just messaging and, and scripture reading. And just because I don't know, I feel like there's more of a reach there. Mm-hmm. Instagram is more of kind of it's a little more personal. I still post a lot of those videos as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. 
you know, feel free to ask me anything. Like, you know, DM me if there's something that you're going through. Like, I, I, I try and answer everything that's a, a serious question or, or something that, you know, if you have something about life, swimming, sports in general. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely try to answer um, as much as I can and as quickly as I can. So that that's a great way. And I do have a podcast. I don't quite use that as often as <laughs> I probably, as much as I intended. Uh, when I first definitely started get, getting going, and it's uh, the barbershop. So, <laughs> like my last name. So, yeah. B-A-R-B-A-R. The barbershop podcast, yeah. So, there's there's a lot of um, on there. I kind of talk about swimming a little bit. Uh, I talk about scripture. My testimony is the first one. That's actually my most played one. And it's the longest one, which makes no sense. And I would definitely yeah. recommend it to anybody. I, I did. I am listening to your episodes and I like it. I like Thank how you. you tie different inspirational advice to different people just based on your life and where you were at different periods in time. And then especially if you're talking about youth that are in college and how you talked about that whole experience and, and the dynamic of trying to acclimate to being in a yeah. new environment, you're on your own, you're trying to figure out how to find the balance and everything. I can see it helping a lot of people. And I can remember being in college and wishing that I had something like that to listen to and hearing the struggle of someone else and knowing that, okay, it wasn't just me. There's somebody else out here having the same struggle. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I I appreciate it. It means a lot. I I love hearing stuff like that. To me, as long as it impacts one life, I, I know I've done it. I know I've done well and thankfully I've been able to impact many lives. So that that's all I that's all I want to do, man, is just just give back and, and be able to, to touch lives and, and get and just inspire other people to to do the same. Because that's we're we're on this earth. We're not on this earth for very long. So, you know, yeah. as long as I want to give back and help as many people as I can and you know, share the gospel while doing it. So Absolutely. Yeah. It was so great talking with you and getting to know yeah. you yeah. and and hear your journey. Definitely mm-hmm. refreshing because, again, people think it's easy. Like they may see you at one particular moment. Right. Like, oh, my God, he's made it. But they don't know how you got there mm-hmm. and took to get you there. And the fact yeah. that you're willing to share that, um, it really just lets other people know, like, there's dark times and dark moments and times you want to give up, but Hey, mm-hmm. you can keep pushing through. Yeah. So thank you so much for just sharing with us. We sure. yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's not about while the destination is great. Like they one of the pictures I sent you guys is, you know, it's me at the Olympics. I'm front and center. Like I, I didn't realize that I would be like right there. Right. Like, I'm thinking, like I'm lining up, I'm on the blocks and you know, yeah. you see, so you see your vision, you see your dream. Played yeah. out, laid out right in front of you. Like, man, that's so awesome. Yeah. The best part and what you really, what really you take from it is the journey that it took to get there. And that's what you live with for the rest of your life. I mean, you also, you live with that memory of, of accomplishing something so, so great, but really what's going to help you through life is the journey that got you there. And yeah. that is a blessing. And, and it's so awesome. It's not easy. The journey is never easy. But it's it, never always, easy. It's never. always worth it. That's when you know you're doing something good is when the journey's hard. If it was too easy, then you're like, all right, well, something's not right. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Sace Holmes Lewis not only saw a need, but was determined to be part of the solution. Listen in as he shares how he works with the system to bring about change. Tune in next week.